Chapter Fifteen of Old Friends and New Fancies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Old Friends and New Fancies. An imaginary sequel to the novels of Jane Austen. By Sybil G. Brinton. Chapter Fifteen. Georgiana found that her presence as a check on Kitty and an outlet for her excitement was very necessary For Kitty had come to regard herself as a central figure in the little drama that was to be played during the next few days Her manner of speaking of mr. Price during the first evening would certainly have betrayed to miss Bingley the state of her feelings towards him if that lady had not been already possessed of the information Georgiana felt both sorry and vexed for she could read clearly the expression on miss Bingley's face And knew that Kitty was exposing herself to a not altogether friendly criticism Miss Bingley had never learnt to do more than tolerate the rest of the Bennet family in spite of her openly professed affection for Jane and when as in this case she happened to have taken a liking to the admirer of one member of it she evidently found their inferiority greater than ever That mr. Price was a great deal too good for Kitty Bennet She managed to convey by looks and tones which were not intended for anyone but Kitty But which Georgiana could not help but notice and resent To Georgiana herself miss Bingley said with a great air of frankness that now this affair had been so much talked of and was expected on all sides she trusted it would soon become an accomplished fact of course it was all emma knightley's doing but as kitty was evidently so much in love she hoped with a good deal of emphasis that mr price felt the same the great day arrived mr tom bertrand's caracle drove up to the door late in the afternoon laden with its two passengers and a manservant and all the necessary complement of bags gun cases and a spaniel on a train William price had been staying at Mansfield and consequently the journey for both was a comparatively easy one There were many greetings to be made and introductions to be performed in the short half hour before everyone retired to dress for dinner Bingley in the warmth of his welcome could not make enough of his guests and wanted to be talking to them both at once but the look of delighted surprise on William Price's face when he caught sight of the two young girls did not escape observation any more than the remarkable fact of Kitty's being suddenly struck almost dumb with shyness and being unable to reply except in monosyllables and with deep blushes to his inquiries after her health. Georgiana, with greater self-possession, shook hands in her own grave manner, looked him straight in the face answered him simply and bowed with quiet courtesy in acknowledgment of the pleasure he expressed in meeting them again at dinner kitty was placed between georgiana and mr price the latter being on mrs bingley's right hand and as jane considerately talked for most of the time to mr tom bertram who sat on her other side kitty was able to enjoy mr price's conversation almost uninterruptedly he had much to tell and she to ask of london and their mutual friends there of his stay in portsmouth 
and the king's visit to review the ships of the shooting parties at mansfield and the astonishing sagacity of his cousin's new dog georgiana heard scraps of it and noticed with satisfaction the good understanding that seemed to exist it is much the wisest beginning she thought far better to have a basis of common interests on which to found a friendship before love comes than to rush blindly into a violent attachment which may as rapidly subside mr price will gradually bring out the best that is in kitty he will care for the same things she does but more moderately and he will develop her finer taste she will have so much to make her happy that her charm of nature will not fade mr price was evidently too sensible to expect to have the exclusive enjoyment of kitty's company in such a small party he was ready to reply to any one who might address him seemed to wish to get acquainted with mrs bingley and always had a lively word or glance for his cousin opposite tom bertram would put up with a greater amount of good-natured teasing and joking from his cousin than he had ever done from any one in his life but his illness had sobered him and though not much less careless and selfish than formerly he entertained a secret admiration for the younger man who had already done so much with his own life and he had shown himself strongly amenable to influence from that quarter to exercise an influence was the last thing william price would have thought of doing and yet it was entirely through his half laughing half serious representations that tom had been induced to settle down at home to interest himself in the work of managing the estate and to show more consideration for his parents at the moment he had allowed himself to be carried off from home knowing that it was part of a general scheme to distract his mind from a matrimonial entanglement in which he was on the verge of becoming involved and which his family cordially disliked but there was reason to fear that Miss Isabella Thorpe had played her cards too well, and that in spite of the efforts of friends, she would eventually reign at Mansfield Park as the next Lady Bertram. When the gentlemen rejoined the ladies after dinner, William Price immediately approached Georgiana and made a few remarks upon indifferent subjects, until the attention of the others being directed to a story narrated by Mr. Bertram, he inquired if she had heard anything more of Miss Crawford since their last meeting. Owing to Elizabeth's reticence on the subject, Georgiana was able to answer, with truth, that she had heard nothing. When she had spoken, her reply seemed to her so curt that she added, My sister, Mrs. Darcy, has written to a friend, to Mrs. Wentworth, in fact, to make inquiries, but I do not know with what result. To Mrs. Wentworth? repeated William Price. Then, of course, that means you know what I was so churlish as to refuse to tell you that evening at Mrs. Hurst's. Sir Walter Elliot's name. I hope you have forgiven me, Miss Darcy, and will understand why I did not feel at liberty to repeat it at that time. I am sure you were right, Mr. Price, and indeed we have never heard the rumour confirmed yet, said Georgiana. I wish I had seen Miss Crawford again. But there was no opportunity I did not see her again either said William I had to leave town directly after and when I returned they were gone I wish I could learn something I so trust it may not be true for Miss Crawford to marry that man would be not one but a thousand pities 
it is difficult to understand why anyone should make a so-called marriage of convenience when one feels that she of all people is worthy of a better fate one must hope if it really is decided upon that it is not altogether a mere convenience that there is some mutual regard also said georgiana oh no doubt there is a great deal of regard on his side but he is not the sort of man to appreciate her properly rejoined mr price if you knew him miss darcy even your kindness of heart would fail to find suitable excuses i know miss crawford's friends are dissatisfied about it said georgiana but i cannot help feeling that there is no need for her to make any marriage at all unless she is confident it will conduce to her happiness so that whatever she is doing one must assume that she is using her judgment you put the case so admirably miss darcy that i declare you have nearly consoled me it is just what i have tried to remind myself of that she can afford to marry where she chooses and as there is no compulsion except her own good nature i can hardly believe she will make such an unwise choice that absolutely settles it i believe you have got private information which you have conveyed to me from your own mind without speaking a word and which has reassured me no indeed i have no private information replied georgiana with a faint smile and i think you have reassured yourself by your own close knowledge of miss crawford's character i may know miss crawford better but in matters of this kind women are far better judges of one another than are men of them you read each other as you would yourselves and deduce each other's motives from your knowledge of your own consequently you bring a far keener insight to bear than we can i think that perhaps women understand each other better and it is natural that they should said georgiana after a moment's reflection but then you must remember that they are expected to acquire the habit of entering into the feelings of others their position as onlookers in the active world enables them to find their pleasure in studying the characters of those around them and their happiness is in proportion to the amount of sympathy and comprehension which is excited in themselves that is too modest an estimation of the qualities of your sex miss darcy i should go further and say that some persons do not need to acquire the habit you mention for they have naturally such quick and generous sympathies such a power of reading with true kindliness the dispositions of others and drawing out the best that is in them that i think it is impossible for them to receive more happiness than they give you must have met some such and that is what i mean by a woman's power of insight he looked at her earnestly as he said this and georgiana had never seen him so grave that he meant kitty she had not a moment's doubt and they seemed to be within half a sentence of her name she fully expected his next words to be there is someone we both know i think miss darcy or something similar and in her confusion she did not stop to reflect how unlikely it was that he would speak so openly when kitty was standing a few yards away but as he continued to look at her without saying anything further she strove to interrupt a pause which threatened to become embarrassing and murmured not very collectedly yes indeed it is so my brother's wife mrs darcy she added not daring to show her thoughts were following the same direction as his is one of those you were describing she understands everyone so well she knows what one would say 
even when one has the greatest difficulty in expressing it i think she is the cleverest person i have ever met she thought he looked a little disappointed at her change of theme but he bowed and said courteously that he had a great wish to meet mrs darcy georgiana caught at this remark as a means of extricating himself from a conversation which was almost too interesting to be pursued just then i hope very much that you will meet her she said i do not know if mr bingley has mentioned it but there is to be a ball at pemberley next week and my sister hoped mr and mrs bingley would bring you all over with them william's face displayed the pleasure he felt before he could give utterance to it and georgiana recollecting that she had not intended to give the invitation but to leave to kitty the gratification of doing so turned round impulsively and called to her friend who was standing close by jane's chair on the opposite side of the fireplace but casting many wistful glances towards georgiana and her companion kitty i have been telling mr price about the ball said georgiana as kitty darted towards them that is that we hoped he is coming to it but you must tell him what an achievement it is to have persuaded elizabeth and my brother we owe it entirely to your suggestion that there is going to be any ball oh georgiana why did you tell mr price i was keeping it for a great surprise exclaimed kitty reproachfully and turning to william she demanded his approval for the scheme the details of which were quickly expounded william gave a proper meed of praise and admiration and georgiana presently slipped away to join the others who were preparing to sit down to a round game but william and kitty remained talking together until tea was brought in End of chapter 15